Welcome back to the Running Wine Mom podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Salinsky, aka the Running Wine Mom. And today we have a special episode that will inspire and empower all the amazing moms out there. Motherhood is undoubtedly a beautiful and rewarding experience, but it can also be overwhelming and challenging. As moms, we often put our own needs on the back burner while caring for our own families. But what if there was a project dedicated to supporting and empowering moms on their journey to becoming stronger physically, mentally, and emotionally? Well, today we're diving into the remarkable world of the Strong Mom Project. Our guest today is Krista Williams, the creator and driving force behind the Strong Mom Project. This innovative platform offers a wealth of resources, programs, and a thriving community dedicated to helping moms navigate the ups and downs of motherhood while prioritizing their own well-being. With a focus on fitness, wellness, and mental strength, the Strong Mom Project is transforming the lives of countless mothers around the county and the world. Throughout our conversation, we'll explore the importance of professional support during motherhood and how it can empower moms to embrace their own strength. We'll also talk about the unique challenges faced by moms, especially during COVID and how the Strong Mom Project adapted to provide unwavering support during those trying times. Krista will share her own journey as a mom and the inspiration behind the Strong Mom Project. We'll hear about the various programs and services offered, the incredible impact they have on moms' lives, and some heartwarming success stories that have emerged from the this empowering community. So grab a glass of your favorite wine, lace up those running shoes, and get ready for an uplifting and informative conversation with Krista as we explore the incredible work of the Strong Mom Project. Let's dive in. Welcome, Krista. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. This is awesome. awesome. So excited. Um, I am so excited for everyone to hear about the Strong Mom Project. It's really something that I feel like needs to be in every community and you do it right and you sometimes have to yell at moms to put themselves first (laughs) and that's what we need you are the voice behind what we need thank you and and yes yes there (laughs) should be more services for moms more community for moms and sometimes moms just need need a little bit of push to get started in in all kinds of ways of taking better care of themselves so I love talking about it (laughs) oh we are excited to hear about it Um, But before we get into that, each week we start the episode with our wine, wine, and win of the week segment. This is where we share our favorite bottle of wine or drink, vent about something that's been bothering us, and celebrate our recent victories. So grab a glass, take a deep breath, and let's get started. So let's start off with your W-I-N-E wine of the week. I got hooked on the Trader Joe's canned simple wine um because my babysitter actually would stock my fridge with them and she liked to go to trader joe's and i was like whatever you want to bring me i will drink that so that was all parts of taste good affordable and portable to your local sporting event or mom get together and that became a stable because just throw them in a cooler and go yeah. I don't think I've ever had their canned wines, but I've yeah. had their like, but is it, it used to be like the two buck chuck bottles, mm-hmm. um, but they do, they have good, great wine. Yeah. There. They're, they're and they're, I mean, they're, they're too good. They're yeah. the percent alcohol is too high and they're <laughs> affordable. So yeah. it's, I mean, it's a little dangerous, but it's right. a great option. Um, so what is your W H I N E of the week? Ah, uh, the end of the school year. It's this is my first experience in full day school. Um, I have a first grader and it's his first year in full day. And it's just a lot. It's I mean, 
being a teacher, it's a lot more for teachers, but <laughs> it's a lot of what to remember the end of the year and what you need each day and what you need to wear and what you need to bring and, you know, everything from exams and just all the details of all the events going on is, is a lot to keep track of on top of mom life, on top of working mom life, but we're doing yeah. it. I, um, I can't imagine. And you were just saying that your first grader had finals, which is crazy to me because I'm like sitting yes. here texting with my coworkers saying we our senior finals start tomorrow and we're kind of trying to figure out who's exempt and who's not. And I had to readjust the whole final because it's all virtual now and it's there's something every night. So I can't imagine having a kid in school wrapped into that as well to get them ready for the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely pro, like, let them be kids. So this feels like a lot for first grade, but maybe I'm just new to it. <laughs> it is a lot. Um, so what is your win of the week? We are transitioning spaces that I'm using for group sessions and, you know, making accommodations for a new space for the summer. Um, we work alongside like a summer camp. So it's just a lot of transition and getting everybody information of where we need to be and making sure the space accommodates us. So, um, we're on our second day in our new space and that feels like, feels better. Good. You know, change is hard, but we're doing it. I forgot that the camps will start soon. So I guess. Yes. I mean, they're, they're already starting this week, like preschool camps, wow. so, but it's not the busy camp time yet, but I think that'll be next week it's and the following like week, week. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and as I like to ask my guests before we get into everything, I like to ask their um, struggles and success. So what are a few struggles that you have overcome leading to where you are now? I think becoming a mom's hard for everyone. So that's, that's a big part of realizing myself what was needed. I mean, I've been personal training moms for almost 20 years, but until you go through it yourself, it's just a whole other outlook of, of the process and really understanding what is needed. And you, you just have to go through that yourself. So I ended up with a C-section twice. And while that might not have been ideal, I think it gave me a lot of insight to postpartum care for C-sections, which is just not the same as any other surgery. So I think that struggle put me in a great place with my business to be able to better help clients. And just being a boy mom, <laughs> the newest struggle is the difference in personality that no one warned me about. So I, I joke and tell my clients that like, I've prepared you for everything and nobody prepared me for the younger one. Like he's just, <laughs> different. he has no limits, you know, he doesn't care what anybody thinks and it's the total opposite from my older one. So that was like, it's, it's a fun balance, but that was totally a surprise, but also helped was... prepare me for this business. Yeah, it's funny because I was just, Mark and I were just talking about this tonight because we were at the NAC pool and they have the zero entry and there's like a black line, which, you know, we're letting Willow have a little bit of freedom in the pool with like, you know, she has her life vest and everything. And we're like, Willow, do not go past this black line. And she literally would go to the black line and come right back. And she's like listening 100%. And it's like first child. I can already tell Parker. They're like, I understand the assignment. (laughs) Second child is (laughs) like... Yeah, right past it. Yeah. So that is exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. And what are the three things that you're most proud of in your life? I mean, for sure, my kids, because without them, none of this would have happened. Like, Mm -hmm. I just would not understand starting my own business during COVID, which was just as much of a need as it was Mm -hmm. like a want. 
So that was a little bit like forced into rise to the occasion at eight weeks postpartum and just keep going with it, you know, starting from something that was like, well, let me just see how I can accommodate a couple people that are interested to where we are now is, is such a huge difference. So that was a big accomplishment. Yes. for, for sure, the biggest one. I mean, being early postpartum and starting businesses. I, you were coming right out of postpartum and I just found out I was pregnant. So I like kind of dabbled in some of your workouts. That's how I found out about it because there was no working out happening. And um, yes, yes. Just to watch your, your business grow has been really cool to see and just how many lives you've changed through it. Thank you. Which is really the best part of doing it for the moms. All right. So let's talk about your fitness. What is your favorite way to stay active? So maybe not my preferred way of staying active, but being that I train people from early morning through like midday every day, and then I rush home for nap time. So usually it happens at home, which is yeah. not my preferred way of working out, but it just fits best into the schedule for the season I'm in. And, you know, I always remind myself that I encourage moms to make it happen, even if it's 10, 15 minutes, even if you don't feel like it. So I try to, when I don't feel like necessarily working out by myself in my basement, practicing that in that, even if I'm dragging the kids downstairs with me, even if it's a shorter workout than I'd like, um, just doing something small because the, the habit is more important than how much you actually get done. So I agree. Yeah. That's what I think a lot of people have that they do struggle with where they're like, well, I can't get an hour workout right. in. And it's like, you don't have to get an hour workout in. You can get I can't tell minutes. you the last time I worked out for an hour. Right. I mean, yeah. my clients do it all the time, but <laughs> people think that personal trainers work out a lot and really personal trainers make sure everybody else works out a lot and they get to the bottom of the barrel. So wherever we can fit it in right now, it's just nap time over the summer. It will be probably both kids with me in the basement and just making it happen. And then I think you answered my next two questions about staying motivated by practicing what you preach and then your struggles are just finding the time. But what do you wish you learned earlier in life about your fitness and nutritional health? So actually not a lot. I mean, this is something I started working out in high school, paying for my own gym membership, realized I could major in this in college, went to school for exercise science. So like I've been pretty deep in it for a really long time now, but probably more about the seasonal changes of your life. Like being able to go to the gym anytime I want in college and then after college. And then I competed for years in figure, which is a form of bodybuilding. And that's just a whole other lifestyle and not a realistic one to, to maintain. So I would have liked to learn more about special populations like moms. You know, it took me going through it myself and going through it with my clients to really understand the balance that is you know, more normal than it's not the exception. It's the rule once that becomes part right. of your life. And, you know, it's a hard shift for clients. It was a hard shift for myself. And then also just learning how to do fitness as your own business. Like it's easy to do fitness for me because it's been forever, but when you go to school for it, you learn how to work for someone else. So when you decide maybe out of need, maybe out of want that you need to do this on your own, you're just teaching yourself every part of it. So the fitness part was a little bit easier than the business part, but yeah, that's I'm doing it. A lot. <laughs> and um, what do you think 
about the relationship between mental health and physical fitness? It's it's just everything. I mean, I, I tell my clients most of the time, like you're here for your brain, not your body. Like it's just, it's so hard to be a mom. It's the hardest job ever. And, you know, I try to make sure that everything that is provided to moms with my program and all the strong mom workouts and the components of what they get covers everything. So the workout is just a small amount of the community, the finding mom friends without it being weird, the referrals to to a mental health professional or whatever they need just to get out of the house, just to meet new people, talk to other moms that are in the same exact season that they're in. So it kind of checks all the boxes. Like fitness is such an important part of mental health and fighting off anxiety and depression that often comes with motherhood, especially post COVID motherhood. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it, it takes care of a lot of boxes in in one, in one thing. We try to check it all for moms. I agree. And I do think like, once you become a mom, you become into this new field of like learning all this new stuff and how to balance everything. And, and nobody gives you a guidebook and nobody tells you what to do. And like, you really are that guidebook, even the, um, in the fall when you had that open house with all of the, the event, county yeah. community people who can help you and it was that was so beneficial because people are asking a lot on facebook oh where do i go totally. for this they don't even know maybe that they need certain services and to have that was so amazing for other women to find okay this is where i can find a car seat safety person or a pediatrician yeah. and that that's really wonderful to help take off some of the mental health you know, the mental yeah. load of like that stress. Well, we, we called it the build your village event because you, you have to have that as a mom, you have to have a village and it doesn't just appear. You have to like seek it out, unfortunately. And if, if that is what I can provide local moms, wonderful. And if they want to work out, that's great on top of it. But you know, you need to at least start with like a resource list and some mom friends and just a, a solid community that you can turn to. And unfortunately, not everybody has family in the area. Not everybody has lived in one area for a long time and even knows what they're looking for as a first time mom. But you don't know what you need until you need it. So trying to stay ahead of the curve for moms is super helpful. That's exactly what we need. So let's move into your parenthood journey. You have two boys, your son is in first grade your oldest son is in first grade mm-hmm. and then your youngest is three. He just turned three. He's right? three. Yeah. He's going into preschool next year. As long as we get potty trained. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, I, I'm saying we got Willow won't be three until November. I'm like, maybe in the summer I'll try it. Like she kind of does, but I really like carving out the time is really difficult. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of like, just let it happen. Yeah. But also we have to go to school in September. Yeah. So I keep waiting and now we're in June and I'm like, you're close enough. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to push you over the edge this summer. Yeah. So, um, so besides potty training, what were you least prepared for in parenthood? <laughs> I, I think the, even though I knew so much about the C-section recovery because of what I do, and I was trained in pregnancy and postpartum long before I went through pregnancy and postpartum myself, but still so unprepared. I mean, they're like, luckily my husband's a paramedic. So he, had some more insight into like wound care and, you know, taking care of that. But, you know, you're just sent home with this pretty big incision. And not only 
zero plans or zero rehab protocol, no, literally no information besides like how to make sure you don't bleed out. And then also here's a new human to take care of, which also doesn't have a guidebook, a plan for. So moms are just thrown into it. And the experience was hard, but also like really allowed me to help other moms. So it yeah. it worked out, but that was, that was wild. It was more wild than I thought it would be. And I thought I understood what I was getting into. Yeah. I am a two C-section mom as well. Yeah. And um, you, like, I think that you posted something about how I, it had to have been you that um, any other surgery that you would go into, you would have this like rehab plan and, you know, any abdominal surgery that you get, you get yeah. follow-ups and when you have a baby, they're just like, yeah, here and, and be sleep deprived and raise this child. And maybe you have another child and we don't, we're not going to really guide you into how you're supposed to do anything besides a two week checkup to make sure your scar is okay. And That's it's crazy. Like, they don't even prepare you for the procedure, you know, in any yeah. other like orthopedic surgery, mm -hmm. they're like, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we recommend. Here's the latest techniques. Explain the whole process. Most moms that have had a C-section don't even know how many layers they have to cut through. Like they don't actually know what happens during the surgery. They well, just know that they, they got their spinal, couldn't feel anything out comes a baby and then something gets sewed up and then hopefully it's okay after that. And then your doctor will check it, clear you to do absolutely everything without any sort of plan to, yeah. you know, return to that safely. And then you're, and then you're on your way to figure it out. And the, the one thing that I was really unprepared for was that they tie you down like you're on a cross, basically. Right? And they started doing that for me. And I'm like, what is this? Nothing. What is happening? And they're like, they don't oh, prepare yeah, you for you know. anything. And I'm like, can I, I don't want my hands like this. And luckily the um, anesthesiologist was like, you know, after we make sure that this like goes through, sure, you can like, we can unbuckle you. And I'm so like anybody that I know is having a C-section. I'm like, ask if you can get your hands unbuckled because if they didn't, if I didn't ask and they didn't tell me like my hands would have been like that. And so when I went I in with Parker, I was like, I don't want to be buckled. I don't want to be buckled. Like don't buckle me. And it's just unfortunate that we have to go through it twice yeah. to find out all the things that we want to do differently. Right. And you know, it just, it just doesn't yeah. need to be like that. So what's your favorite thing to do with your kids? So they love the strong mom workouts, maybe a little too much. Like it's <laughs> their favorite hobby. And my older one cannot wait until school lets out for the summer to start coming to workouts because he did that for a couple of years before he went to school full time and was like a little bit devastated that he was going to start missing his workout friends and, you know, just the playtime and getting that like play date for the kids too. You know, the kids have just as much fun, if more fun than the mom some days, yeah. you know, depending because on how they feel. Are, kids are at the workouts. That's yes. Too, kids that are totally at the workouts. I mean, we just have to, it's important to me that every barrier is taken down for moms to be able to make it happen. So whether you, you know, you don't have childcare, you're late, you need to bring your baby, you need to bring your toddler, you need to bring, you know, a kid that's, I don't know, homesick that hangs out in the corner with an iPad, like yeah. whatever, you know, you it's, it. we absolutely have to make it work because, you know, childcare, not feeling up to it, not knowing what to do. Those are all the biggest limiting factors. So mm -hmm. 
all those things, um, having a, a gym commitment or like a personal training membership commitment, you know, I don't make people sign up in advance. I don't make people let me know when they're coming. There's no commitment to their membership, like all of those things. It just has to be Whenever, easy. Yeah. Make it easy. Yeah. Um, and w- what do you think your parenting style is? <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs> it is the opposite of helicopter parent. My husband's a little bit of a, well, a lot of a helicopter parent and, and, and he'll admit that. So I find that I just go the other way. Like everything's fine. They're going to be fine. They're going to fall. They're going to get hurt. Like it's okay. Everyone will be okay. Maybe yeah. because he's a paramedic, I'm a little bit more lax about that. I'm like, you just can't go see daddy if you get hurt. But um, I just, I, I want them to try things and I want them to test their physical limits a little bit. Maybe that has to do with my job. And you know, I don't, I don't tell them to be careful that much. I, you know, try it and you'll learn from your mistakes. That's pretty much my Great. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> I probably watch other people's kids closer at the workouts than my own. So it's all right. It's a good, yes. uh, they trust you and they know what they're supposed to be doing. You know? Yep. Yep. Um, and what's one piece of advice that you would give other parents? To like really work on finding that village ahead of time. And and you have to create it. You know, no one's going to be like, oh, I heard you need this. I heard you need this. Like, why don't you cut, like, let me get you out of the house and introduce you to someone. It doesn't, it'd be great if it worked out like that, but it doesn't really. So you have to find like a local mom's group or you know, find out like where people are going to meet other moms. Like there's church groups, there's, you know, parenting groups. There's so many different options. There's a lot of online options, though. I think, you know, a lot of people are done with that now, but, um, that is, that is way more important than the gear that's on like the registry. You know, I tell my brand new first time expecting moms, like, there's so little that they actually need. And I get it. Like, it's all cute. You want to make the nursery perfect. And the marketing of that stuff is really good. So yeah, you really think it. you need all of it. And that is what's going to make you prepared to have a baby. And it's not. What is going to make you p- prepared to have a baby is finding a professional that can address every single need that can come up, whether it's physical, emotional, mental. You know, you don't know if you're going to need a sleep consultant, if your baby's going to have feeding issues, a tongue tie, colic. I mean, there is so many things that can come up that is unpredictable. And, you know, you need to have that support group of people that you can just go to, or you know, someone you have a referral for literally everything. So you're not jumping down that like Google spiral late at night, like nobody that is not good for our mental health. It doesn't actually get us anywhere because they're not like personal recommendations. So it's really important to me that that is a part of what I offer moms. It's way more important than any gear you can have for your baby. And also the money that comes along with it. Like, you know, when people are like, oh, I didn't know what to get. Like nobody needs more onesies. Nobody needs more pajamas, more baby blankets, like those things. Like ask people for money that you can put aside for physical therapy, your mental health, whatever professionals you need, because honestly, the best ones are just not covered by insurance anymore. Right. So you need that fund that is not going to add to your stress when you need to tap into it to, Mm -hmm. to get exactly what you need and quickly, because often the best professionals will come to your house, but it's not cheap. So you can get whatever you need quickly, but you've got to be ready to pay for it. And 
you know, we just don't think about that. We think as long as we have insurance and we have a room stocked with all the baby gear, we're going to be good. And that's just not enough anymore. Yeah. I definitely don't think a lot enough people talk about the pre prep to the post baby with that, like getting appointments scheduled, just schedule them. If you don't go, like you can cancel them. But that's what I always say, like with therapy, like schedule a therapist appointment, someone that you know, and enjoy and like, yeah. for like two weeks after the baby is born. And if you don't use the appointment, that's fine. But otherwise, you're going to be waiting six, eight, weeks. And that's just not, you know, and it's the same thing with your physical health too. Yeah. And like you have to build a relationship with these people, right. but you want someone you feel comfortable with. So a lot of the times, for example, people wait to meet with a lactation consultant until after they have their baby, but really there's so much you can learn to prepare ahead of time, but that just doesn't occur to people. You want somebody that is going to show up at your house, you know who to call and is going to help you like that day, that minute, if you need it. And you just don't, often people don't realize this until they're desperate and right. moms just deserve a better experience so than that. Better. All right. So let's move into your business. Um, you built the strong mom project in COVID. COVID provided so many unique challenges for businesses, but how did you navigate the initial impact of it around the strong mom project? And how were you able to start this business when so many businesses were trying to stay above water and yours truly thrived through and really started growing. Yeah. I mean, really totally out of need. So I was working at a gym full time for years and years and years. And that was the only, that's all I ever knew was working in like a bigger facility and usually, you know, being one of the top trainers there. And that was great. That was like everything I needed, helping as many people as I could. And I got certified in pregnancy and postpartum, like right out of college thinking I could possibly need this someday. And like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that was not a good certification, so much outdated information. You know, it's, it's changed a lot in 20 years, like so much. And so I was always the go-to in the gym for working mm -hmm. with moms, even before I had kids. And then when, when COVID happened and the gym closed, the message was do whatever you need to do to make a living. And I'm like, Oh, I have an eight week old. Like I literally went back to the gym for a week. I took, I, I guess, seven weeks of maternity leave, something around there, because at that time I was only going back for like two hours a day to start. It was, it was fine. And, um, just to get out of the house really. And as soon as I went back, I'm like, this is great. You know, all this energy to start with people. And then right away I was like, this is probably closing at the end of the week. So I was in the club for a week. That was it. And then lots of, early pivoting to online, like every single trainer did that could like make it work. And clients really wanted that. And that was fine. And that worked out great. But it was the mom clients that were expecting had tiny babies, or um, even had toddlers that were like, you need to figure something out. That was actually what two clients told me they were like, this is awful. I have no more prenatal yoga. I have no more mom friends because I used to schedule some meetups for moms mm -hmm. just to casually get together and like learn from a professional or just meet other people. And that was not part of part of the business or, or anything at any point, just something I liked to provide for the women I worked with. And they were like, I have no friends. I'm not seeing my family. I'm not seeing my friends. I have no support. I And this, this baby's coming. So like, <laughs> what are you going to do about this? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> They're preparing. Yeah, like I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I, 
I am up for a challenge. So that was really how it started was the idea of like other people pushing me into figuring out how to help moms that were stuck at home. I think COVID affected moms the most. I mean, anybody can argue with me about that. Like totally like business owners, awful. But moms definitely felt the impact of business closures, school closures, trying to maintain their own careers, and then just their sanity on top of it. That was like insane. And the whole pregnancy and birth and postpartum process during that time was just horrific, you know, as if it was already poor. It was way worse during then. So, I mean, moms just really needed that extra support, extra attention, and some some resources and some help. So that's how it started with like, let's take a few clients and do some virtual workouts. We did some virtual yoga. We did like a Thursday night wine meetup where we would get on Zoom and just chat and drink wine, drink tea, you know, how's the week going? Like, and that saved a lot of people. I mean, and, and like myself too, you know, it was a great way to get through early postpartum myself. So then it just continued to evolve to bigger group workouts, then outdoor workouts, then indoor workouts. And then here we are. So yeah, my gosh, I love it. It's been a lot of change, but it's been great change. It's all been good. And that is, and I found out that I was pregnant, uh, like, March 7th, I think. And so my first pregnancy experience was like, everything was shut down. I couldn't go to pregnancy classes. I couldn't meet who's pregnant in the air, you know, couldn't do the pregnant mom workouts. I remember being so excited to do those at the gym and it just was non-existent. So really building something like that, even if it is all virtual was like something so, um, so important. Um, so while building the strong mom project during the pandemic, did you encounter or, um, any unexpected opportunities or lessons while operating it besides just building the business in general? Yeah. The, well, learning how to run a business (laughs) to start was, you know, definitely the hardest part. I mean, there were so many nights and luckily my husband was working from home for like six months. So that helped me get started and have the childcare to like make it happen. But there were so many nights I was up like super late on my computer, like figuring out how to just get this done faster. And, you know, so many components to the back end of a business that I was just learning and going and, you know, watching YouTube videos and (laughs) how to edit videos and, you know, just all, all of this, how to have an online platform. It was it was crazy, but you know, you learn as you go and you just jump in and the best things come out of things you throw yourself into. So that totally worked out. But then probably the hardest part was the transitions because people had different comfort levels at different times. So, and the fact that I do mostly, I do very little private training. We're offering that more, which we'll probably get to, but um, most of what I offer is group training because of the community is a huge part of it. So some people were ready to transition from online to outdoors. Some people weren't. And then some people were ready to transition from outdoors to indoors. Some people weren't. So trying to make the right decisions for the majority and just continue to provide a space and a community that everyone could feel comfortable with was not easy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we continued to balance the virtual stuff and then just started to grow the rest of the in-person business. And it was just only until like very recently that I decided 
to stop doing the virtual group sessions out of need because, you know, I kept it as long as people were doing it. But now with so many more in-person offerings and families just getting out and like living the best life now. So they're busy and they don't need it. So it's good that they don't need it. I don't want people stuck in their house, but um, there's always recordings available for people that need it, but getting out and meeting other moms and just getting out of the house is, you know, I have clients that have had two kids now in the last Mm -hmm. two and a half, three years. So some of them are just feeling like they're still just starting to get out more. And it feels crazy because it was just three years. So three years that people have been not meeting their needs as far as a local community and mom friends. I mean, people, I regularly meet moms that are like, well, I've lived in the area for a year, but I only started like meeting people in the last couple of months. Like Mm -hmm. it's just rough to have no, no support system outside of your, your own little family. Yeah, I totally agree. And the difference of having Willow versus Parker was so, so incredibly different for me. I I couldn't believe all the stuff that I was able to do with him. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is wonderful. I can meet people and uh, go Mom's just like missed that experience. So we just didn't, we couldn't, was just inside a lot, which. Yeah. I mean, it did not contribute to the, the anxiety and depression that came out of that was insane. You know, just being stuck at home doing the same thing every single day and not having that, that support system for most people. But so was there any other ways during the pandemic specifically that you focused on mental health concerns in the forefront besides weekly gatherings? Was there any sort of therapeutic things that you offered or told them about? So every time I've done, you know, I, I used to do a fair amount of regular online challenges and there was always a mental health, a meditation, a like put yourself in a mommy timeout and mm-hmm. take a couple of minutes for yourself, focus on your breathing. You know, that was always part of it. But I have a couple um, professionals that I refer to. Um, I have a client that is that works as a mental health professional. And that is super helpful to just, you know, bounce ideas and questions off of. And then a couple more that I refer to that, I mean, there's one that's local that I I think I've like filled her book. I feel like I filled her book, you know, I can text her, find out if she has openings and then send clients to her directly. And that has just been amazing because it's been so hard for a lot of people to get in with someone. So first there's the need, but then there's the actual access ability to find someone that takes your insurance or that is accepting new patients or that you just vibe with. It's not easy. And that barrier is so big that a lot of people just are like, forget it. So if I can like hook them up with someone and be like, I know this person has a spot for you. I know you're going to like them. A lot of my clients use them. Here's their phone number. Like, yeah, that's amazing. It, it just makes it happen. So it's important. Yeah, that's very, very important. And you do work with a lot of um, women-owned businesses as well, which is also something great to help support them. It's like so awesome to see you guys all working together and um, so just, many like, supporting everyone and seeing everybody's success, which is so nice. I mean, we live in such a great area mm-hmm. now. Like when I started 
working in this area with pregnancy and postpartum, like none of this existed. And I was referring like all kinds of places that people would not drive to. And now right in Bucks County, in Newtown Yardley, we have literally everything. And, and from what I've seen is like the best of the best. So it's, it's such a great place to raise a family. And we are so lucky to have that like referral base from each other that we can just trust and build that network. It's so good. So good. So looking back, what were some of the key lessons that you learned about entrepreneurship and resilience while building your business during this time? You got to just do it scared. That's totally (laughs) it. Like, you know, you're never going to feel ready to like grow the business or take the next step or make a big decision. Like, but you just do it. And it all works out. It really does all work out. I mean, I I feel like so many people rely on me to make this happen that I just have to do it. Like right. c- confidence is not a thing. And it's it's just, it's not easy. But, you know, I know that I'll figure out anything I need to do. And, um, you know, the biggest, the biggest hurdle lately has been hiring help. Like I really wanted, I started working o- over 18 months ago on hiring another coach and finding the right fit, but also the pregnancy and postpartum specialty is practically impossible. There is so many great personal trainers. Like it it is, there's no shortage of personal trainers in the area and so many great ones, but you need to understand core and pelvic floor function, be comfortable talking about it, you know, be open about it and then like dive deep into it to be able to make sure these people have the right referrals and, you know, you're asking the right questions and can actually help them with everything that may, they might not be comfortable talking about. So that took a long time to find the right person, but I've got it now and it's, it's good. Congrats. That was a huge Um, hurdle. Happy to be over on the other side of it now. It's amazing. And it's so great that you had such high expectations and you didn't just settle for someone just because you needed the help. Like you found the right person. Yes. No, that was so important. I mean, my like go-to mentality is just work more. Like I'll just work more. If I have to do it, like I'll just do it. But that is not great for my family. You know, I know that um, my husband has a very busy job. He travels. He he has a, a long commute. And then, you know, you keep, keep reading all these things about how like you have 18 summers with your kids. They only want to be with you a certain amount of years. I'm like, I must be the room parent. Like I'm not even into that, but like, (laughs) this is it. This is the only chance to do it. So that was a big motivator for hiring the right help so that I could just be available for my kids. But also, I mean, I build a business that is so family friendly. Right. So I just take my kids to work with me. It's great. (laughs) You brought them to the uh, Botox party the other night, which was totally. You're just like, here we go. You guys. I mean, you gotta just. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's no better. You know, I know so many moms that have been able to like start a business that works for their family, and I love supporting them, and it's so awesome. And like, that's the best life is just creating what you need for the life you want, and it's it's a lot of work, and it takes some take some like resilience to just jump and do it. But you know, it really, it really works out and allows me to not have to put my kids in daycare and be home for the bus and that kind of stuff. And it's great. Um, So let's get into the nitty gritty of the strong mom project. How did you decide on the name? Was this something that before you started it in 2020, this was like, 
something you had or you just kind of were like, this is the name that we are calling it? The name was hard for me, but, you know, a big focus of my business is like going for the long term physical mental health and, you know, getting rid of that like bounce back culture of the expectation that, you know, maybe just because you work out before you got pregnant or during your pregnancy, that everything's going to be fine. And you're just going to get back to your old self right away and, you know, be able to do all the things you want to do. And as soon as your doctor clears you, it's all going to work out the way like your social media and your friends tell you that it will work for you, unfortunately, or like your like super old family members that are like, (laughs) you're in such better shape than I was, you know, when I had babies, you'll be great. Or when people are like, oh, you didn't even look like you had a baby. Like, what? (laughs) That has nothing to do with your healing. It really doesn't. So considering the, the bigger picture of helping moms prepare for a better pregnancy, feel better during pregnancy, and just learn all of the things they need ahead of time for an easier postpartum recovery you know, it's a process. It is not a, you know, I'm going to like turn on a YouTube video and do a workout and everything's going to be okay. Like the education curve and the learning is wild. And every day I meet moms that are like, why didn't anybody teach me that? Like, why didn't anybody tell me those things? Or why have I never learned this before? Or the personal trainer I used to work with never taught me this, or we never focused on this. And it's just, it's, it's the wild West. It really is. So when I thought about it, like grand scheme, like, what do I want this to look like for moms long term? And it's, it's a, it's a project. It's an ongoing effort that has a lot of components that need to be in place in order for you to do mom life the way you want to and feel the way you want. So more thinking like bigger picture than like just a workout. And I do. I love that because project adding project like you could put the strong mom workout or the strong mom exercising or something but like project really does encompass so much more than just the 60 minutes or whatever that people decide for the day and I um, love that and I will say I did just turn on you know some YouTube videos and they were yours after my postpartum (laughs) of uh the pelvic breathing which was so important um and that was something that you really stressed and I mean, you always talk about and you would like, I remember you messaging me, like, make sure you're doing this. Someone probably didn't tell you this, but like, you need to do, I know. here's a video here. You need to be working on this and you shouldn't be doing this yet. And I'm like, because my mentality is very much, all right, I'm cleared. I'm good to go. I want to get back into it. And it was really nice to like, have that voice just to be like, knock it off. Stop. You need to take a couple steps. And then you'll get to where you'll be, but you need to get, do these steps to get to where you want to be. Because if you don't do these steps, you're not going to get to where you want to be because you're not going to be healed. And it's like, okay. A big um, slogan of pregnancy and postpartum athleticism, which is like the, my favorite pregnancy and postpartum certification I've done so far. I feel like it has been the most useful you know, a big slogan is intention now for intensity later. And if you skip over that part, you're going to struggle to do what you want to do long term, injury free, symptom free, like, sure, you can go back to running at six weeks postpartum. But what if you end up with a hip injury? Or what if you're peeing your pants? Or what if you feel prolapse symptom? It's just not worth it in order to go for the run right away. We need to 
work on building the foundation, focus on core and pelvic floor so that you can do whatever you want to long term and not have any physical issues, which then leads mm-hmm. to mental issues with it. I agree. So it's just something that like women don't know how their bodies work. No one was ever taught. I have so many clients that play collegiate sports and don't know how to breathe, don't know how to use their breathing to exert more effort. It's just not taught. So unfortunately, we're learning what the basic functions of our bodies at a time when they've been through the worst. Mm-hmm. So sure. it just doesn't need to be like that. So the earlier I can teach someone everything, meaning like before they get pregnant, during their pregnancy, preparing for postpartum, it's just an easier experience. And then it feels it feels like I've got this. I'm not feeling lost. I know what to expect. I know what to do. I'm not going into this blind. And moms deserve that because learning how to take care of a newborn is hard enough. <sighs> I could not agree more with that. <laughs> really? Um, so we've talked about a lot of, you work with a lot of resources and programs. Could you highlight some of the um, people that you work with? And what do you think that people should prep before they have their baby and um, what they need to do after? What are some of the resources that you utilize totally. for your clients? Yeah, probably the number one is referring to pelvic floor therapy. And a lot of people have never heard of it. Um, Unfortunately, not all pelvic floor therapy is created equal. And, you know, often when you, I'm just going to often, not every case, but often when you go through like a hospital system and when you go through your insurance, there's a lot of barriers in place to getting the care that you need because insurance, you know, certain things are covered codes have to be done a certain way and therefore your treatment is limited and therefore your results from treatment are limited. So that's been one of the best ways to get my clients success is to encourage them to go to out of network pelvic floor therapy because they address everything, like everything from your mental health to your basic habits, because it all affects how your body functions and um, insurance doesn't cover that. So A lot of people can get reimbursed a lot and they should absolutely look into that, but um, it's not something that is referred to often through doctors or or it's a last resort. Like if a mom says, should I go through pelvic floor therapy? I'm feeling like some heaviness. I'm feeling some symptoms. I'm leaking. A lot of advice is just like, let's just give it time. Let's like, we'll see you back for another visit in a few months and we'll see how you're doing then. Like time fixes nothing. So anything we can be more proactive about is just going to, you know, build that foundation and get us the results that we want faster. And the earlier you learn these things, the better time does not heal things ever. (laughs) So, you know, if I can give my clients the resources of doing birth prep through pelvic floor therapy versus through the hospital and, um, doing a birth class through a doula versus just sitting through a class in a cold, hard room where they're telling you where like the maternity ward is located. Like that doesn't really help you. So helping to prep your partner. um, Infant chiropractic is a big one. Um, Pregnancy and infant chiropractor is one I refer to a lot. Feeding therapy, lactation. Um, We already talked about the mental health professionals, but there's a person for everything. I have a person for everything. Um, the, The car seat expert, 
a pediatric PT, no one knows that oral function is such a big deal. Oral ties are a thing. Tension for newborns in their bodies can give them flat spots and contribute to their feeding issues. And it's, it's wild. I've learned so much since yeah. I had my older one that I didn't know any of this. I didn't know any of this. So the more I dive in and learn and, you know, can now pass that information along, like the, the reason being moms can't exercise, moms cannot prioritize movement if everything else is a mess. If they're not sleeping, if they don't have enough support, if there's something going on with their baby that is unresolved, doesn't matter what it is, but so many things can come up. And then they're like, I really want to work out, but I'm crying every day. I haven't slept in days. Like exercise is just not what you need first. So if I can give them a lot of other resources first and address some of those problems, then they can prioritize movement for themselves and not feel so guilty about it. I agree. And I didn't know oral ties and tongue ties. I had no clue about them until I had a baby. And I'm like, right? wait, this is a big, this is a big deal. And no clue what you, and yep. I think maybe one of your clients had, I showed her Parker because I didn't know if he had one. And she like quickly just like looked at him and gave me like a little, um, you know, yeah. suggestions and he didn't have one, but, um, had I not like, I don't know. Okay. No, I, I have client like <laughs> clients that work in these yeah. professions. Yeah. And they're happy to like talk to other clients yeah. during workouts. And oh my gosh, it's yeah. just life saving. And and the older moms, I mean, I work with moms not older meaning but, age, yeah. but like have older children yeah. and have been moms longer. You know, not everyone I train is pregnancy and postpartum because it doesn't matter when you learn this stuff, you need to learn it. Right. So sometimes I'll get a mom that her youngest is five years old, but she's like, I haven't made exercise a priority. I don't really know what to do. Well, you're starting in the same place somebody is that has like an eight week old or a six month old. You've got to learn this stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they end up being great mom mentors for all kinds of right. parenting things and just great resources as moms who've been through a lot of different things and can share with younger moms. So it's just a great community to like find literally everything you need. <laughs> it really is. I um, love hooking moms up if I'm like, you live near each other, you live close by. So exchange numbers <laughs> and go for walks. Like people just need to be pushed. That's what I was going to ask you about post COVID community, like, um, services for your clients. You, uh, you always are setting stuff up, wine, happy hours, yep. or like play dates and stuff like that. Um, and that just, really plays such a huge role in motherhood and mental health. Um, are these on a whim or do you have any rhyme to your reason? You just kind of think like, Hey, I'm free Thursday. Let me just. Yeah. When the weather's nice. <laughs> so we definitely do more, you right. know, when, mm -hmm. when the weather's nice, but moms just need to push. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to get out. Everybody wants to hang out with other moms and set up play dates for their kids or things that would be fun for their kids to do. Right. If every place had something fun for kids, something fun for moms and beverages and food, like that would be ideal. Mm -hmm. So anytime I just set up like a let's meet at the winery, let's meet at the farm that has a playground and also serves wine, like it doesn't have to be all about alcohol. It's definitely right. not. But it, when I set up playground play dates, people don't come. 
right. come to where the drinks are really <laughs> so that's fine you know and it's it great is, yeah and it is so nice like I'll see your you know Instagram story and it'll be like okay like you know come to this or come to that and I'm like oh I don't have anything this day like right? yeah I'll show up okay why you not know? I mean being alone sure. is no fun Right. I'm always dragging my family to go meet <laughs> other families. My husband's like, who else is going to be there? Like, right. just let me know. Um, but it's fun. I mean, people need plans. Right. And when someone else puts it on your calendar and is like, here, it's easy. It's all set up for you. Yeah. All you have to do is show up. You then, show up. yeah, sure. like nobody wants to put the work in to figure out what day, what time, where are we going? So, um, so when you have your, it, your classes with your clients, how do you adjust with so many different levels of, um, you know, pregnancy, postpartum, ready to be back into everything, maybe need to step back a little bit. How do you manage all that? Yeah. Um, I'm really good at coaching. That's part of it. <laughs> doing this for a long time, like I can do adjustments on the fly, like really easily and make it work for everyone. Um, most of my clients have now been with me for like, since almost the start of my business. So a lot of them don't need that much help now. You know, they've gone through it. They've learned all the things. They just want a good workout and to like be around other moms. Cause mm -hmm. for some of them, that's like their only social part of the day. Otherwise they're just with their kids or they're just working. So, um, so a lot of them don't need a lot of help. A lot of them are great about wanting to help other moms. So there's that. Um, often I have an assistant coach with me now to just help manage more of like the newer people. We've expanded the schedule, um, in-person schedule to just offer more time slots. But a lot of m people need to work on the same things. And even though pregnancy and postpartum and further out postpartum feels very different to people. It's not that different to me. Like right. everyone needs to work on their breathing. Everyone needs to work on their alignment and their form. So we can easily make adjustments for pregnancy and postpartum for where they are. Like maybe somebody who's pregnant needs more of an incline for a push up, but everyone needs reminders about breathing and form. And no matter how long you've done it, you still need that like voice in your head with the cueing. So that is what is most beneficial to them. And then when clients start with me, I, um, I have like a kind of like a YouTube playlist of basic videos, breathing, finding your deep core muscles, how to relax and contract your pelvic floor, all these things that like you really need to know to get started and get the most out of the workouts. So right. I encourage them to go through that on their own, start hearing my cues through the video so that when they come to a workout, they've heard it before. They're not totally clueless, clueless about what I'm talking about. Sometimes I've done one or two private training sessions just to get someone ready. Um, if I determine that they're not quite ready for a group workout, and now I have another coach who's handling most of the private training now, um, I just can't balance that with the kids being home in the summer and the time, but she has much more availability than I do. So that's great. And, um, we just like make it work, like based on what people's needs are, I can send them videos. I can, you know, sometimes I just have them come so I can assess how they move and then I know what they need and what I can right. recommend, how often they should come, what they should do at home. But it only takes me like 10 minutes to see somebody right. move. And I'm like, okay, I know where you're tight, where you're weak what you need to work on most, and then referring to them to, to the right person, like whether it's a chiropractor that focuses on their nervous system, or it's a chiropractor that focuses on more sports medicine stuff or injuries or a pelvic floor therapist. Like we work so well together that 
there's no competition. Like everybody works together to support moms and meet them where they're at. And it works out great. Love that. Do you have any favorite stories or feedback from clients that you have had in these last few years that you've seen someone that came in, you know, maybe an older client that got their issue got fixed Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. or a new client? I mean, it happens all the time. I think that's what makes working with this population so rewarding because anyone can train someone and just give them a good workout. You know, anybody can work on more movement for somebody that sits at a desk all day or work on weight loss. Like that's such a, just a, just generic goals. And I find those people to be a little bit more boring now. I want people that have like more pressing needs and because the, the the results come so quickly when they learn just a few things, you can just see the light bulbs go off and you know, they're, they've never worked their glutes before. And all of a sudden they feel them. And that is just life-changing with how they're going to do mom life at home and carry their kids and do all the chores. And you're teaching them things that they can use every single day, you know, how to change up how they carry their toddlers and stuff like that. So a lot of it applies heavily to everyday mom life. And that just feels so good to know that you're helping them way more than that, that hour of the day. But there's so many clients that come to me and are like, I feel like I'm never going to be able to get my core back to where it was. And like, in particular, one told me she feels like a turtle on her back every time she does any kind of attempt at any core exercise. And like now she can do anything. So it took like, it takes people about a year to feel like they're like, going from struggling to like fighting shape. You know, yeah. but in the grand scheme, that's not that long, especially if, you, if you've had multiple kids. Yeah. So we need to ditch that six, eight week mentality and shoot longer term. And it works. I mean, when you give it enough time and not even like a huge time investment, I mean, like working on your habits a few minutes a day and maybe just coming coming to work out like just once or twice a week. It's not a huge commitment, but the longevity of being a part of the program, like right. being a strong mom for at least a year. Such huge benefits. But when people like are used to leaking and then they text me and they're like, I just sneezed and I'm totally dry. Like it's, it's amazing. It's, it's fabulous. I I think it's so normalized. Like people think that when they sneeze or when they jump or they run, they should be leaking. And it's like, it's not. And and I, prior to having children thought that that that's what the normal, like that's going to happen after you have a baby because you hear so many people talking about it. And then from people like you hearing, like, it's not normal. That's not what's supposed to happen. You can get help for it and you just need to. And unfortunately, like this information comes from people that are not qualified to give the information, right? Right. So people that are going through and have have had that as experience are telling other people that this is what their experience is going to be like. No one's qualified to actually tell you what should and shouldn't be happening. So we just normalize that like this is part of mom life and this is the price you pay to have kids. And it's it's so wrong. I mean, they're they're. I have so many clients that I've worked with before they ever even got pregnant, like a couple since they, a few of them I've worked with, like since they got married and then went through the whole process and they're great. I mean, they feel really good postpartum because they did all the things and they learned it all ahead of time, right up until their delivery. You know, I send clients things that they can do starting immediately when they get home from the hospital. And I'm not talking about exercise. I'm talking about 
working on their breathing, laying down and focusing on relaxing their pelvic floor, reconnecting to their core muscles just by laying on the ground. But the earlier you get started on that stuff, the better the outcome. And when we sit on the couch for six to eight weeks and wait until our appointment to get all cleared and then try to go back to anything we want to do, it just it yeah. doesn't often work out the way we planned. And that is super disappointing for a lot of people. So it just doesn't have to be that way. It's also so interesting from from my experience. And I think a lot like I worked out up until right before I had both kids. And then you do go through this six to eight week period where you're literally maybe like taking walks and hopefully working on your breathing too. And I mean, I feel as though I was on the higher end of the amount that I worked out during pregnancy. A lot of people, they don't, which is totally fine. It's their decision. But then to actually think that at six or eight weeks, you can go back out because really you've been almost a year of not doing anything. And then to think you can kind of just like get back to your old self in another six to eight weeks is just really mind boggling. And like you had mentioned earlier, like the bounce back culture is just so toxic for that because everybody does have such a pressure to feel like they have to be their old self's weight. And and the reality is you're not your old self. You'll never be your old self. You're comparing yourself to someone who will never exist again. You weren't a yeah. mother when you were that weight mm-hmm. or that size or that strength. Um, and to just accept the new you is so important. And we that's why we need people like you to just remind us of that all the time. Like, And, th- and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, like most yeah. of us, most of us, intended on having children. So you're, you're moving to a new stage of your life purposefully. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not trying to be the same person you were in college or the same weight you were, or, you know, have the same schedule you were, you're choosing to move your life forward. And therefore we need to keep moving forward to improve the best version of where we're at in our life. And that's, that's great. I mean, and it goes both ways, like how we're talking about when you might feel like you want to do more. And then when you get that all clear, you might do some damage because you're going too hard too soon, doing too much too soon. But there's also the opposite that you feel awful and can't possibly imagine doing this. But when you go to your doctor and they focus on only birth control and clearing you for exercise, you feel almost guilted that you don't feel ready. And it's totally fine that you don't feel ready. But people are like, I guess I should be working on getting more movement in or I should be focusing on losing the baby weight. Like it feels pressure to a lot of people. When I went for my six week appointment with my older one, I had mastitis. I was crying. I was bleeding. I had pink milk coming out that I was pumping. I was a mess. Not and I knew what I was supposed to do at that point to start rehabbing my body. And the doctor's like, so you're cleared for exercise without restrictions. And I was like, do you actually tell people that? Yeah. Like, I didn't think you actually said those words. I thought it was like, feel free to start slow. Like, that's what I anticipated. And the words, you are cleared to return to exercise without restrictions. I was like, there needs to be all the restrictions to start. That's how people get injured. So that experience of going through that myself and that being literally the last thing on my mind that day. You know, I I was struggling. I had such a high fever 
from having mastitis. I could barely get myself to the doctor. And you want to talk about my exercise habits? So what did people feel like that don't know better, that don't know that it doesn't have to be like this? And there's a different way to rehab your body and to find support that you need. And there's no pressure to do anything. And that you shouldn't even think about high impact exercise till a minimum of 12 weeks postpartum, assuming you're doing the foundational work to rebuild strength, pelvic floor, core prior to that. Mm -hmm. If you're at 12 weeks and you haven't done those things, you're still not ready to run at 12 weeks. Right. But like that basic information is just not shared with the general population. Like you kind of have to try it out, potentially hurt yourself and then learn the hard way. Yeah. It's baffling. Can you tell I get fired up about this? It's just, <laughs> At, but that's it what just doesn't have to be like this. Yeah, there is more help than that. But that's also not what our doctors specialize in, honestly. No, true. It's not. So we rely on them for this information, but they're not really qualified to give postpartum rehab guidelines. Wow. All right. So as you had talked about, you do a lot of group training rather than one-on-one, and um, that probably keeps it more affordable for moms. Is that one of your thoughts behind that about how to keep there's so much stuff like you mentioned that you have to pay for and you're thinking about financially and let don't even get me started on maternity leave pay. But um, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, we could do a whole separate episode on just the cost of having children and the lack of support for moms in this country in general. But Yes, so it's really important for yeah. me to do group training and offer mostly group training for moms because it's the most affordable way to get more help to more people. Like a, like private training is great and it's definitely like the gold standard as far as like getting people the best help that is, you know, geared towards their exact needs, but people can't afford it for long term. So I think it's more important that people learn a little bit slower, benefit mm-hmm. from the community and then be able to have access to training at a price that most people can do it pretty long term. Like it's rare that people stay for less than a year. Yeah. So that's more important to me than putting out a large sum of money for like one month and maybe having learned a lot, but not having had the time to apply it and like go through the journey with how you can improve. Yeah. So it's a really big big part of it. Not having to choose, do I, can I do this or can I not do this? It's, it again is just relieving such a stress, um, from moms, which is so amazing. And the fact that, you know, kind of childcare is built in. I normally have Uh a babysitter that comes to the, the morning session that is popular time slot for moms. But when you put together the cost of a gym membership for most people, then add on the cost of a personal trainer to it, which most Gyms do not have someone who specializes in core and pelvic health, pregnancy and postpartum, and then add childcare onto that and the like, not even just the cost of it, but like the strain of figuring it out to be able to get there. This is just takes away all of those barriers and makes it affordable and doable for moms. And that is just so important because everyone deserves this help that wants it. That is so important. I love that. So you've answered so many questions and given us so much amazing advice. Um, Looking ahead, what are your goals and aspirations for the Strong Mom Project? Are there any like new initiatives you'd like to share or what is your future for it looking like? We're always working on things. Like (laughs) I, I, that's like my 
um, what's the word? It's like, not like my toxic trait, but like, that's, that's my thing is that I can think like, and plan really far ahead and then struggle to execute it. So Mm -hmm. I want to do all the things. And then what I'm actually capable of is like, not that much compared to what I'm thinking about, but continuing to expand the schedule just to accommodate more moms. We struggle a little bit now with the most top popular time for most moms doesn't work for moms with babies on a two nap schedule because mm-hmm. they nap in the morning. So yeah. expanding time slots to be able to accommodate all nap schedules as they change. And a lot of moms just like blow off nap. They're like, you sleep on the way there, you sleep on the way yeah. back, you sleep while you're there. Like I need to do this and right. great, but that doesn't work for everyone. So that would be great to be able to keep expanding that. I would love to eventually hire another coach because as um, the coach I have right now gets busier with private training, that is still not going to take the pressure off of me not doing every single one of the group sessions. And I absolutely love it, but days off are important. So (laughs) right now I do like seven days a week and it's great. It's the best job ever, but time off and vacation and doing things with my family is important too. So that is a goal. And then kind of changing the formats a little bit. Like for this summer, we're working on um, an endurance offering to work on the power and endurance that goes behind like running and more impact exercises. So as it's nicer out, more people do that and just need a lot of guidance with that. Because usually those type of activities are when people experience the most pelvic floor symptoms. So working on that, transitioning from the offering of foam rolling online to doing a little bit more of it during our sessions so that people can access it that don't want to do anything online. Um, And then looking towards a potential VIP program for the fall where like moms that just want to learn it all immediately that have like no chill and are like, I need you to just come to my house and put me through like postpartum boot camp, meaning learn everything in one day, go over basic exercises and form for everything, go through, let's get you an outfit that, you know, you feel good working out in like literally everything that is going to help make it happen and like probably hold your baby the entire time. So, so amazing. I so love that, that it can get done. That's so that's on the possible list for this fall. And that is the funny thing when you're saying about the outfit, like I, I was saying in my last week episode, week's episode, how I feel, I felt like after I had the baby, I should have been able to like for the first three or four months have like a sign on my back saying like, I just had a baby. So like if I'm out at Starbucks without my baby and I look like a hot mess, like you should let me in front of you because I just had a baby. But like, you know, I mean, it's just like such a struggle and you're just like out in the world trying to survive, but like finding a a nice, the last thing you want to do is find a nice outfit. And it's like getting in a workout outfit that like you feel that you need someone to have you do that. Like it's so important. So like everything from here's your set of of, of equipment for everything you need right. to be at home because it's probably going to be too early to come in person. You don't you don't you can do it in your pajamas if you want right. or you know you want something that feels good and you're not trying to squeeze into. That's super important. Mm-hmm. But just learning all, you know, this would probably be for people that didn't learn it all during pregnancy, but kind of just a crash course of like mm-hmm. core and pelvic floor health doing some of like that 
early work for your like upper back and doing the stretching and like the mobility because nobody realizes until you do it how much you sit on a couch during a day to feed your baby. It doesn't matter if you breastfeed or bottle feed, you are like on the couch for six hours a day in those early days. And there's, there's so much you can do early on to feel better, but you're just in like survival mode. Yeah. So for somebody to just like come over and be like, I've got your baby, I will hold your baby because they don't want to be put down and I will help you navigate this so that you can feel your best and, you know, feel like you're making progress with this without having to leave your house. So sounds fun. Yes, that's so exciting. I'm so excited to see how uh, it grows even more and all of the success that you're going to have. So thank um, you. I think that's going to bring us to the end of this incredible episode. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Krista, the visionary behind the Strong Mom Project. This empowering platform truly embodies the spirit of resilience, strength, and community that every mom needs and deserves. As we wrap up, I want to encourage all of our wine-loving running moms to explore the Strong Mom Project's website at thestrongmomproject.com or Instagram at strong.mom.project. Take a moment to browse through their diverse range of resources, programs, and coaching services designed specifically to support you on your journey as a strong mom. Remember, you don't have to navigate motherhood alone, whether you're seeking fitness and wellness guidance, mental and emotional support, or simply a vibrant community of like-minded moms, the Strong Mom Project has got you covered. I'm truly inspired by Krista's dedication to empowering moms and providing them with the tools they need to thrive. Let's continue to celebrate our strength as moms, prioritize our own well-being, and embrace the beauty of the incredible journey we're on. So thank you, Krista, for coming. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for having me. Sam, you're doing an amazing job with this podcast. I love it. And so proud of your accomplishments with this. And thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share this with whatever mom could benefit from it. Yeah, every mom. Everybody can learn something for sure. Many moms, this reaches many moms and they all listen to it. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the Running Wine Mom podcast and leave me a review. You can always follow me on Instagram at the Running Wine Mom underscore. I love hearing from you and it helps me bring more inspiring content. And don't forget to share this episode with your fellow moms who could benefit from this incredible resources of the Strong Mom Project. Thank you so much for joining me today, Krista. And all of the listeners, remember, you are strong, you are capable, and you are all amazing. Until next time, keep running, keep sipping, and keep embracing the joy of motherhood. Cheers, and I'll be back next Tuesday.